The Musama Thoughts Podcast. Striving for Jannah. for Jannah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sisters. Welcome to episode four of the Musama Thoughts Podcast, run by us and the sisters. Um, today on this panel, we only have myself, Aisha, Ariel, and Khola. Say hi, Khola. Hi, assalamu alaikum. Oh, is it to me? Okay, wa alaikum salam. Where who am I saying hi to? I don't know. Okay. Um, this episode is kindly sponsored by Olive Orchid Boutique at Sunnah Wellbeing, and ten percent of their proceeds from their Sunnah Wellbeing boxes goes towards supporting um the NW Sisters projects. So they sell really, really good, healthy things for the body and for the mind. Um, things like you know black seed, um, herbal tea. Uh, raw honey dates things like that really healthy things that are good for your um body so check them out on instagram olive orchid boutique at sunnah well-being inshallah Kola. so yeah basically we're just saying that this podcast is going to function a bit like reflowing we're going to see how it goes see if people like it and then we'll just see how it goes from there inshallah so we do want to quickly mention um, about some changes that have happened to NW Sisters. Um, we're having a little bit absent, <coughs> not absent, sorry, we've been a little bit absent in the past couple of months because three of our sisters out of the five of us are now married. Um, not us two. Um, <laughs> the other three sisters. We have married ones who have more time on their hands are the ones doing the podcast. Um, so yeah, all about like, three of us, three of us and our sisters are married. Um, and it was just one event after another, wasn't it? A henna there, an engagement party there, a wedding there, and then yeah. etc. And yeah, exactly. um, that's why we were a little bit absent. And then we were all quite busy with work as well. And in regards to changes to our team, um, there's myself, Aisha, there's Hola, there's Zay, there's Ats, and then there's Lima. Um, Maya used to be part of NW Sisters, as many of you already know. Uh, we've collabed with her times, and she was right there from the beginning. So when I first asked her, you know, last year or even more than a year ago now, you know, about setting up NW Sisters, you know, she was amazing, etc. But because all of her balance, she's doing so well in her own field um, of fitness, etc. Um, she wants to focus on that. So she stepped down from the role. Obviously, we will still in future, inshallah, collab with her or um, do different things with her. Um, it's just she's not a part of NW Sisters and Sister Lima who has been a part for a long time officially joined when did she officially join? I'm going to say it was always part of our activities it was, and events and I our, think it was right before our, the online Ramadan event that's when she officially joined I think. okay yeah so that's when she officially joined she was always a part she always ran the Sunday halakas and um, things like that but officially she that's when she joined so there are five of us um but in this podcast only two of us Carla, do you want to mention where you are right now yep i am in morocco Woo, holiday <laughs> <laughs> and how's your holiday going it's, it's okay it's not you know when you think morocco you think you know yeah, beaches and all of that yeah it's really not that we're in casablanca so it's quite like industrial there's just like building sites and stuff but inshallah it gets more fun in a bit i don't know but we'll see um it's i'm having fun though because it's just like a breakaway from responsibilities and work and stuff so yeah. like i've had the opportunity to like chill out a bit which is good i'm not complaining alhamdulillah yeah chilling where's where is it usually in morocco that people go to for beaches and the tourists and sightseeing and stuff mm. I feel like, you know, where all the, I don't know if you've seen like videos of like the snakes coming out, the little jars and then the monkeys and stuff. That's mainly in Marrakesh. So that's like the Red Sea. I think that's what they call it. But yeah, that's the, that's where they mainly go. Um, but that's the more touristy area. We're not there, sadly. What have you been doing? What have I been doing? Ever yeah. since my teacher training ended and my degree ended and everything's finished, school's finished, said bye to all the kids. Uh, which was very emotional. Um, it actually was more emotional than I expected. <laughs> I get so attached to the children. And because I'm in year six, I have to, I have to officially say why, because they're going on to a different school. 
Mm. You worry about them. You worry a lot about them, their futures, and what they're going to be like in secondary school and things like that. But and ever since then, after having a whole year of just work, 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 I have nothing to do now. Like I genuinely have nothing to do. Follow. <laughs> I wake up at eight a.m. I'm like, right, what do I do today? And nothing. There's nothing to do. I stress. That's all problems, isn't it? That's all problems. I mean, it's a great problem. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good problem to have. But, but you have been filling out both time in it, alhamdulillah, seeking knowledge, lessons and stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. That's like the highlight of my week. The course that I'm doing yeah. on weekend, Saturday and Sunday, that's like my thing to look forward to now. That's it. The evening. Mm. That's it. There's, there's nothing else I'm doing. Apart from going out with friends and things like that, that's fun. Oh, yeah. We're also planning a NW Sisters event, inshallah, yeah. soon. I think so we'll keep an eye out for that. Posting the poster today, right? Yeah, I think so. Well, today, but when they hear this, not today. It'll have been posted, hopefully, inshallah. Yeah, by the time this podcast goes out, it would have definitely been posted. But as in <laughs> today, right now we're recording, it's going to be posted. Yep. And it's just going to be a nice yeah. picnic, Hilaga hike in the park. We've done one of those before, and we had a lot of sisters turned up, and it was a really, really nice event. Um, unfortunately, Kola would not be there, because she's a Morocco. Sadly. Right. It's fine. I'm with you guys in my um, heart and through the DMs. That's my dog. Yeah, What's the weather like? What's the weather like there? It's how you. It's how it was when you left. Like literally, it was raining. Say, will say raining, and then we really, really sunny. The fourth class will say it's sunny, and then we'll just be pouring down with rain. And there's still floods and oh, stuff wow. right now. It's not the best. That's mad. Well, hopefully it's good. it gets better by the time you guys want to do the picnic. And- at the end of August, it should be open. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to hurt. You know, I got vaccinated today. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm acting like I didn't know that. I did know that. <laughs> and then everyone else knows I got vaccinated. And I got my little card, which I have to keep. Oh, but, you know, my arm genuinely really hurts. It feels very stiff. Did you do that thing that where you wave your arm around? I think there's that thing that's been going around. They say, no, like, not like that. <laughs> we have our videos on as well. So, cool, look at like them. this like in a circular motion from the yeah, yeah I'm doing yeah, it right yeah. now but my arm just feels very achy it feels very sore including yeah. they, say you, if, they say you're meant to do that right after you get vaccinated so then it doesn't hurt at all. after I got vaccinated I'm I just guessing. straight out of the hospital and, and the girl was like oh no come back you gotta wait 10 minutes in case there's a reaction I was like oh okay sorry yeah that's good now you're safe in it you still have to wear a mask get your vaccinated huh? sorry you still have to wear a mask yeah. Oh. Yeah, in GPs and hospitals and surgeries, etc., you still have to wear a mask. Mm. But not anywhere else, which I don't agree with. But Boris does what Boris wants. Why do you not agree with it? Let's get uh, controversial. Because there are people still thousands of people's cases in the UK every single day. People still dying of COVID in the hospitals, and mm-hmm. out of desperation, they're just lifting. And it's because the Tory government, because they've already said several times they're lifting it, they can't afford yeah. to lift it. Otherwise, mm. they look very inconsistent, uh, which makes them look worse. And I think for the sake of that, Boris was like, oh, no, we're going ahead on 19th of July. Well, everyone at work always says, come November, December, there'll be another lockdown. That's going to be horrible. Uh, no, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, I'd rather they... No, that's not true. I was going to say I'd rather they just did the lockdown now, but that's not true, because I do want to come back to England. I'm not trying to be stuck here. Yeah, and also, even if they did lift the lockdown um, in terms of shops opening or restaurants opening, they could have still kept in the restrictions, like thing mm. and keeping masks on and like sanitising and things like that. Yeah, because no one minds that part. People just yeah. want to be out like, and be, be able out. to like meet up with people, but like, no one minds like socially distancing or like staying in your bubbles, sanitizing your masks and stuff. Yeah. Are you going to At get least I don't think so. Say that again? Are you going to get vaccinated? Mm. No, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, yeah. As we said, I'm not married. I still live with my parents and I do what they say. <laughs> and if they don't want to get me to get vaccinated, I'm afraid that I won't be. At the moment. Yeah, but maybe you could tell them about it. I mean, I was literally just every single day I read like the independent and the garden and all that kind of stuff. And sixty percent of people who are 
60 percent of people who are in hospital for covid are all unvaccinated and the amount of people mm. who are in intensive care asking for the vaccine because they refused it but it's too late once you once you're at that stage the vaccine can't reverse yeah it's done so do your research like literally i was asked everyone do your research say bismillah and do it because i mean the alternative is that you get covid and but i've already had COVID, no idea so. what the long-term impact of covid actually is because that's true we just have no, we just have to wait it out five ten years see what happens nope um, i mean I, I can already feel the long term effects i still can't smell yeah. and sometimes that's i still can't taste as well yeah so allahu alam what side effects there are of the vaccine or the thing i just think it's time to protect yourself people what was i going to say i was going to say something but i've forgotten but... well remember it <laughs> Oh yeah, I was going to give a little disclaimer. If there's noise, it's because there's so many children. I, can you even hear that? That's like loud knocking. Okay, what I want to say is, obviously, I don't think it's a secret anymore. Um, I, I, I was busted last podcast that I'm the youngest of all of these lot. And so I am on a gap year currently, and inshallah, we're going to uni this year. Depends. We will see on results today. I'm not like, I've, yeah. I'm not certain about anything, but we'll see where it goes. And so I've decided to study psychology with education. And seeing as I have a professional right here, mashallah, in education. But you know what? Let's use this opportunity for some tips. And you can educate me on... Yeah, yeah, you. Who's <laughs> <laughs> a professional? Oh, is it me? <laughs> I'm, I'm a professional in long division and grammar. <laughs> Oh, do you want to know a secret yet? Yeah, a secret yet. Yeah. I hate short division. I never learned it because I just refused to. So imagine I go on my gap year. I was I was working. I was tutoring, and I had to learn short division for, yeah. for the job in it. And I didn't tell anyone that I didn't know how to short, do short division. And then the kid comes up and he starts doing it on the board. I'm like, so what's this guy doing? And this is a year four child. I have no idea what he's doing. I'm just watching him doing. I'm like, oh, cool, cool, cool. and then I learned it. Yeah. Top tip, if you're not far from teaching or tutoring and you don't know what the method is, get pick the smartest kid. Yes. And a challenge for you and ask him or her to come to the board and show you <laughs> just in case. Especially because a lot of the curriculum that we covered many, many years ago, because we don't mm. practice it in our daily lives, you eventually forget, especially mathematical methods or the names for like grammatical terms. You don't remember yeah. frontal adverbials and things like that. Like mm. you don't on the top of your head remember so you have to remind yourself um when you're a teacher or teaching assistant what those methods or words are um and it's a bit embarrassing when you're at the front and you've done it wrong you know just come yeah. on i was just testing you guys i already know <laughs> degrees. don't don't test me no nah, i made so many mistakes but obviously you learn from them and then uh, didn't make them again often, so but. you are like sort of a limbo between you know like you were indecisive if you wanted to go uni if you didn't like what's 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 your opinion on it now? Because obviously there are many sisters who might be listening who, are, who might want to go university, mm. but there are things stopping them, um, whether it's finances, whether it's, do I even need a degree? Yeah. The thing is, yeah, I, that literal, that struggle, that struggle is way too real because I went, I don't know, when I was younger, when I was back in secondary school, I really wanted to go uni. I had my whole life planned out, but like a lot, I think a lot of people tend to like, think they have it all planned out and I was like yes I'm, I chose my exact tune I'm like yeah I'm going UCL I'm studying psychology all of this and then when I got to like sixth form it was still there but then I studied psychology as an A-level and then I was thinking oh do I really want to do this so a lot of the stuff was like criminology and like um, relationships and like I don't know weird areas of psychology that first mm-hmm. of all I wasn't that interested in but second of all I don't think as a Muslim woman there's a career path in that for me so okay. I was yeah so that I went through that struggle and then afterwards when obviously I didn't get to do my A-levels because of COVID and I was just like do I need to go to uni because mm-hmm. obviously I didn't I didn't get into uni because I didn't do my um, A-levels and I was waiting to reset some of my grades alhamdulillah I didn't have to at the end um, but I was thinking you know what and at the time, that's when I started really getting into seeking knowledge. And I think that's when both of us started like giving it a lot of value. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking maybe I should do like a higher course or go on like an online Islamic university, something like that. 
but I don't know it's just there's so many options and even like the problem with uni is like paying for it as well so I know I'm not taking a loan we've done a halakha on this before we've yeah. had a post as well like I'm not interested in doing that at all because it's really not worth you know displeasing Allah for a, a university degree like it doesn't make sense to me so that's still a struggle for me right now like working I've like raised a decent amount of money and then also applied to like some scholarships as well but you don't know the outcome of that until like you're in uni so mm. like I don't know where that path is going to lead me so I, right now at the moment I'm leaving it in the last hands and seeing where where that goes I'm sure there are a lot of sisters <laughs> who are in a similar position and like Hola said mm-hmm. we, did have, we did do a halakha on it um but we don't record a halakha so maybe in the future we could do a whole um segment on university and sisters career paths etc um mm-hmm. but on our post we do help us about alternatives to paying tuition fees instead of taking the student loan and um, what other ways that you could raise money or save money or fund your studies um and not mm-hmm. take the loan which is a huge burden uh, yeah, actually, yeah. you have taken it it was just constantly on your mind that you've taken this loan and um mm-hmm. so i think it'll be good for us to talk one day inshallah about that and go into more depth about because both you are saving money and so did zay so zay also funded her way through university um and i know other people have as well but it took them a bit longer so even if it's taking a year out or two years out from what i have heard from others who have done that to save money or find like um People always talk about Islamic banks who do like halal loans, but I've never come across one. I have literally in my life not come across one. I think it's marketed. I was listening to some other podcast and they're saying they market it as an Islamic bank, but they still do like all the same things. It's just called an Islamic bank. I don't know. It's a bit but I'm not trying to say that those um, those halal mortgages are not halal. It's just um, you're still paying a lot of money extra. It's just part of the rent, something like that. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Sure. People are really trying to find alternative means and just to make a way for missing students. But unfortunately, currently, there's no concrete way. It's still just yeah. trying to find... The government, the, like, the government has always like said, oh, we're going to introduce, like I don't know what they called it, but like Muslim tuition fees or something like that. Yeah. But it's literally been years and I've not seen anything. I think that might perhaps be because Muslim students still go to university and because they haven't mm. seen a huge drop, they haven't had that incentive to do it. So if millions of students yeah, that are like, you know what, I'm not going to university this year, then it will sort of be a panic, like, oh, we've got a huge reduction in numbers of Muslim students going to university because it hasn't happened. Mm. That's true. It's because we're hardworking and we're actually making an effort to try to do it ourselves. Yeah. Like, who's trying to give up, you know? And there are lots of different ways. Like even it, it brings us back to the topic of, do you even need to go to the university? Do you need, I know lots of people who are very successful, really good jobs, who went through apprenticeships or internships, paid internships, because don't, mm-hmm. do, don't do free internships, okay? Um, <laughs> unless you can find your way through. I really don't like unpaid internships. I think they're just exploiting. I think it's taking the mix. They just take advantage of people. Can you believe that apparently the United Nations also does unpaid internships? And it's Mm -hmm. the United Nations. Like, come on. I'm sure you can afford to pay your workers. Literally, like, full-time work with no pay. That's ridiculous. That's precisely the reason why I didn't do a PGCE through university directly. Because A, I didn't want to take the loan. And B, I'm not working nine to five every single day for a whole year just for you to pay me nothing so sisters research the different avenues into the career that you want to get into um and just really take the time to do that research and pick different ways and then choose the one that's best for you because um Allah will make a way for you and um if you do it sincerely and it doesn't just have to be that you have to take the route that everyone else does it might take you a little bit longer it might be a little bit harder um but you'll get there in the end inshallah I think it's also worth mentioning, like, think about if you're going to use that degree at the end yeah, of the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what we Because I know for me, right, to be honest, I'm not planning on settling down, but that's just a me thing. Um, but I know realistically, as a Muslim woman, eventually I'm going to have to settle down, have children, look after my family, stuff like that. Like, that's, that's going to happen. Like, there's no denying it. 
and I've already decided in my head right now and I think everyone should like sit down and try to like at least think about it how you want to raise your children like what's the way that you want to go about it and for me I think homeschooling is a big thing like that's a big passion of mine that I do want to homeschool my children and if I'm going to homeschool my children I'm not going to have time in the day to go out and do like a nine-to-five or a full-time job or anything like that so it's worth thinking am I going to be using that career like I'm going to pay so much money for this am I actually going to use it like after a couple of years time that's actually for me the other side of it is um people like i would see it as like a safety net so Mm -hmm. one like obviously we plan but our life takes um you know goes in different directions without and very unexpectedly so if there did come a time where you would have to work um that's true like for example during covid thousands and thousands of people lost their jobs small businesses had to shut down and even the big businesses took a huge hit um and those people were not expecting it so in that in that environment you would have to have two people working in the household so i think as as um sort of a backup a safety net to have that degree but that being said it's important to recognize that a degree is just not enough anymore like you need a degree Mm masters like five years of experience and even when you do apply for jobs you have to go and show like assessment days like show me these skills and do written essays and do this and that like they're really I think go for things and aim for things where you can really enhance your skills and build that experience alongside your studies because literally everyone has a degree now like unless they're a literal child most people have a degree or something like that but all of those people something known okay that's unfair a lot of those people are not the most entertaining to talk to or the most interesting people to talk to. It's just like a degree, but like no skills, no... I think maybe because a lot of us like spend a lot of time invested in like trying to do well at school, stuff like that, that we don't really put time into developing ourselves, which I think actually the gap here has been a good, good like opportunity to do because I've had time to like think for myself and like develop and you know, have a look inside instead of just like always stressing out about like the next thing and all of that. Yeah. And sisters who are younger, like if you're in secondary school or sixth form, like that's a really good time to develop those skills. Um, in schools, they always offer different schemes or trips that you can go on or courses that you can join. Because you have more time on your hands at that age to develop those skills. Like I wish I did that when I was sixth form. I wish... I wasn't just solely focused on writing. I mean, all my subjects were humanities, so I was always writing essays, but even just different skills or, you know, things like Duke of Edinburgh and cool things like that. My brother always did things like that. Yeah. Um, maybe not Duke of Edinburgh, because that's like you have to sleep over without a man and stuff. So maybe not that, but there's like lots of opportunities. An example of like things that school schools do offer. Um, our, our school, well, I don't know if it was when it was your time, but um, our school was separated, so it was like... Um, it was, was, yeah, it was separated. For you as well? Yeah, for for a couple of years, and then it got mixed. Okay, yeah, so when I was there, it was um, um, separated the entire time. So all the trips were always girls only and, and things like that. And so, yeah, look out for different things. But even when you are in sixth form or secondary school, or even if you are at uni, especially at uni, do volunteering, do mentoring programs, like really build your skills and experiment because then that might just help you find what it is that you want to do or you might think that that is, I've chosen my career. Oh, let me tell you a quick story. So when I was younger, I have, I've always wanted to be like a lawyer for a good period of time in my life. I wanted to be a lawyer. And then when I was in sixth form, I went on this trip with my friend and my school it was like basically a day in the life of a barrister. So I go there and literally at the end of that day, I was like, I do not want to be this job. I do not want to do this job. And after that day, I just forgot about the idea of being um, a lawyer because I was like, this is not the life that I want to um, live. Like this is not how I envisioned the job. Um, and I think That's it- so mad because imagine you didn't go on that cho- job and then you ended up like taking that up as your career path. Imagine if I did a law degree and I decided to do their you know, going on to the bar course or whatever. And I hate it. And even at that age, even though I was only 16 years old, the idea of working late hours, um, and even at a young age of 16, I did think about things like, well, if I have children, then I can't really be coming home, you know, like super late. That's 
um, not mm-hmm. the life that I envisioned for myself, even at that age. So I was like, uh, this does not seem as fun and interesting as I thought. So, and there's a lot of controversial points when it comes to being a lawyer or barrister in mm-hmm. the country and a lot of issues that come with it. So I was like, scrap that. What else am I good at? And then in sixth form, a lot of people used to tell me that I was good at teaching. Like I used to tutor my friends in different subjects and just generally I liked it. I enjoyed it as well. Um, and that's how I got into the idea of teaching. Honestly, your point earlier that you said like, about taking opportunities and doing all this stuff, I back that 100%. Because even if you're not going to do well in it, that is experience. That is actually a wealth of experience that you can actually use in so many different places. I cannot tell you how many opportunities I took that I was horrible at. I was trash. Mm-hmm. I'd like, I, I applied and I did it anyway. And I learned from it. Like, yeah. I did, um, I, it was called Model United Nations. So it's basically, you're acting like a... Um, a delegate for a country like in the United Nations and then you go there and you debate about a certain topic says so I was rubbish like my public speaking was horrible um, I was just there sitting in the corner like being insecure about my points because I had no idea what they were talking about yeah. and they were all they had all flown over from abroad like so I was I just went there because it was local and all these people flew over from Austria and America and all these like young teenagers so they can take part in this and I'm here like guys these people like fully prepared for it and I'm just like watching them but yeah it like it was so like eye-opening to like what the world of work is like and all of these other opportunities also the, another thing that I did uh, which I don't mind speaking about now I didn't used to like speaking about it it felt a bit like you know um but I've um, that I've overcome that trauma it was basically um I was kind of forced to apply to uh, Oxford <laughs> so oh, yeah. um and I know and I knew I didn't want to go to Oxford and I didn't want to go and live somewhere without a mahram or even study there or anything like that but I was like you know what I'm not going to convince this school to leave me alone so I had to do it anyway and then when I went there I can't lie it was such a good like not good experience but like an interesting experience to like attend the interviews understand what um kind of questions they ask and all the all this stuff like it was very very interesting um there wasn't a good experience don't get me wrong it was actually quite bad but you learn a lot from it and then now I can say that I've been at Oxford interview and I know it was like yeah exactly and in your position like before you did the interview there were so many people who would love to go to Oxford Oxford meaning Oxford and Cambridge um mm-hmm. And when they get there, they actually really dislike it. And even though it's like they're two of the best universities in the world, mm. it's not the same as actually being there, especially if you're a person um, from ethnic minority. It's a very different experience. Um, you talk about Oxford, you didn't really like it there. My brother had an interview for Cambridge. And, you know, you get so excited, like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, Cambridge when he went there he hated it <laughs> like he did not like the vibe or anything he felt so out of place or whatever so um i would say that's a tip so whatever university you're thinking of please do visit it definitely visit it yeah like you think of a university and you had like oh yeah this is a russell group university i want to go to it sounds great you enter the university and you get a crap vibe from it um yeah then you just know that this is not the place i want to be at literally yeah when i went there it was just all I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you can understand as I wear a club now, but at, the point, at that time I only wore Gilbert. And even at that point, like I was getting weird looks and like, I don't know, just like lots of non-ethnic people there. I yeah. think I saw one black person, one Indian girl, literally that's it. And I, then I just felt so uncomfortable. No one was speaking to me. And it was just like, it was not good. I was stuck in my room, like the little dorm for like two, three days. And I'd only leave to do my interviews because that's how uncomfortable I felt. Mm. And it was just like such a weird vibe. It literally wasn't my vibe at all. So if you're going to try to go to uni, I say definitely go check it out first. That's why I chose to actually apply for UCL eventually. Because mm-hmm. I basically grew up in UCL, like all through secondary school. There was like a program that our secondary school was doing. And every year, I started in year eight. And then year eight, year nine, year 10, year 11. And then a little bit in sixth form, we'd go there like every year to UCL and do like programs there so I kind of got to know the campus like quite well and 
I don't know, just the vibe. And it was quite nice. I liked it there. So I just like, oh, yeah, might as well apply there. And it helps that it's a Russell Group University in, like, top 10 or something in the world or something like that. So, inshallah, waiting on those, um, on them to reply back to me. Now you can see. Inshallah. Inshallah. I think I should just eating a uh, Subway cookie. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's calm. I'm it's sorry. good. You're eating. This is my opportunity to finish my cookie. No. Do you know what I have been enjoying, yeah? Is the Moroccan snacks. Oh my God, they're so elite. I'm so happy. And they're so cheap. I'm like, wow. It's actually gorgeous. It's great. So then? I said snacks back home usually are quite cheap. Yeah. Here, it's like every time you enter a shop, the price just goes up each time you enter. Oh, let's not talk about Freddo's. Oh my God. I Freddo's knew, are the biggest rip-off. I was going to bring up. <laughs> Literally, but if you're trying to like uh, measure how the economy is going in recent years, just look at the price of Freddo's. That's <laughs> the biggest scam. Mine went from, what was it, like 5p to like 35p. In a matter of years. And even, you know those um, crisps? The one pound yeah. one? I'm mm -hmm. telling you, they have reduced the amount of crisps that they have in that one pound pack. They're so what? tiny. It's like a grab bag now. So a grab bag is even smaller now. Yeah. It's just a scamming. You know what shocked me is the Snickers. I'm guessing it's from, I think it's sugar tax. But Snickers, you used to get like four in a pack. And they were long, like they were as big as your hand. Now they're so tiny, they're like the size of my thumb, and there's like three in a pack, and then they give you one extra sometimes when they're feeling generous. Biggest scam, honestly. People are really mad about that sugar tax. Uh, I mean, do you know what? Yeah, I have no idea what it, like, it's about. Like, I don't know, inform me. What is it? I think, I've never researched it properly, but I think what it is is A, they are reducing the amount of sugar. So, you know, things like Cocoa Pops, like cereals, they've reduced the sugar so the taste isn't as it used to be, which has really put people off. Um, and I think increasing the prices of sweets and cakes and things like that to put people off buying them. Because mm. it's like obesity, obesity, obesity. Because, you know, the UK is getting fatter and fatter. Mm -hmm. I can um, attest to that. Children are, uh uh, there's too many fat kids, there's too many fat kids around. But you know what it comes back to is sure you're increasing the price of the unhealthy food to sort of um, prevent or to put off people from buying it, but a lot of children and families who live in social de deprivation they can't afford. I was just about to say, yeah. They, literally, I, 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 the borough that I live in, that we live in. Um, and the schools that we're surrounded by and the schools where I teach. Like, literally, 56% of these children live in social deprivation. They, we have projects where we literally, and their parents rely on food banks in one of the richest countries in the world. Um, and they literally cannot afford yeah. fruits and vegetables because the prices are ridiculous. So they can't eat their unhealthy yeah, exactly. stuff. They can't really afford their healthy stuff. So what are we going to do? Mm. No, it's true. I was going to say the same thing. Like, a pack of strawberries is like two pounds. Two pounds, two yeah. pounds for like a little, what is it, 100 gram pack of strawberries. And then you can get like a bag of Doritos or like a six pack of crisps for one pound. And that's going to like, that's a more filling snack for your kids. You get it? Like, what are you going to buy if you have one pound? And they always say yeah. eat fresh food and fresh poultry and things like that. But if I have a, if I have a family of four or five, and I need to feed my kids. Am I gonna go and buy fresh chicken and things that is quite expensive? Like meat is expensive, or will I buy um, frozen foods, frozen pizzas, or ready-made meals that are much cheaper? McDonald's, fast like chicken and chips that will feed your family. And I think that's something that we can active. And we have like even in our local food banks, like Sufra, and um, there's a Felix project as well. This is we're talking in Northwest London. Um, and I'm sure across the UK, there are many, many food banks um, and charities that are really making a difference, especially during this time. But it's just so sad to see what these families and these children are going through. 
and you literally just sit there and think this is literally one of the most richest countries in the world and this is the position we're in where children have to go to food banks to get fruit yeah is it it's sad to think about i mean you we uh yeah i don't even know what to say because we always have these conversations but then we're like oh what can we even do about it i, I mean, mean we've discussed we it as us and even anyone listening in you know obviously donations is number one way where people contribute your clothes food books etc and even like popular um supermarkets like tesco and asda they have done their schemes where whereby you can like buy their bag of tin food or something so if you shop at asda or tesco then they take a portion of that and they donate to their food bank um so you can contribute that way or you, people like to have have been very active in their local community including religious institutions so like a massage then churches etc they've been very active in i know in my area the churches have done really really well in, in providing for the local community like food bread and tinned and canned food um so you could check out in your local area who's doing it or you can even do it with literally just you and your friends like you know go around raise some money through some um means and then buy those tan canned foods and then donate it to your local food bank or to whatever charity you're supporting and that could be your contribution yeah i mean yeah that's true that's like what i was talking about more is like yeah we can help we can try support food banks and stuff and we've discussed it as nw sisters as well what we can try to do yeah but like the bigger issue is that these people can't afford the stuff in the first place do you get it like because yeah. and what are you give in a food bank except tinned food and stuff like that but it's like hard for them to start being able to afford actual food fruit and vegetables and like healthy food for their kids and stuff and then we've had footballers doing it because some people won't step in so then we've had like honestly what a disgrace like how like how embarrassing honestly it's it's crazy to think that you know that like literally i just it's like, you know how the other day we were, I don't know who I was speaking to. I think it was you. Well, someone else. You were talking about how people, like, back home, like, family back home, always think that we live this lavish lifestyle. Yeah. That's, I was going to bring that up. Of, like, I don't know, we all live in mansions, and we've all got the current iPhone. Which we, I mean, a lot of people do have the current iPhones, but, you know, sure, we might not be struggling, but there are thousands of people. And when I mentioned to my family members, when I have gone to Pakistan, and I've sort of, try to tell them like not every person in the uk lives in mansion mate like mm. there are people and children genuinely living in poverty they they cannot afford to buy bread but for them it's just crazy because because back home they are generally poor they think the uk should be able to provide for their people um yeah. our government just has other priorities clearly like literally it's hit home like the more that the longer i've been here everyone's just asking like i don't know like i don't know people just ask a lot of questions in it and then they're just like oh yeah this and that I'm like sis i didn't even i can't even afford half the stuff you're talking about yeah like, we're not rich alhamdulillah we're not complaining we're not living on the streets or in poverty or anything but we're also not like well off or rich like we're living standard lives and i'll would, I would go as far as to say the lifestyle here is so much better than us because they have fresh fruit fresh vegetables at their disposal like every day they fresh bread all of these things that are so good for like kids growing up they also have it's like quite safe here so the kids are always like on the street at night playing out and you know using up their energy in a good way but then in england well not in england but primarily like london what do the kids have to do at home on phones or they're on the streets doing a madness like what they don't there's not in really an in between so I'd, I'd go as far as to say that it's better here yeah i mean perhaps like maybe because you're talking about morocco i wouldn't say the same mm. pakistan um i don't think it's entirely safe for children or even women um mm. i guess because it has their own pros and cons i mean there's there are lots of pros back home and then there's also the pros of being here like here free vaccinations free treatment on the nhs you know like the amount of people that have died in other countries because they don't have 
a welfare system, they don't have something like the NHS. They literally cannot survive. So either they're dying from COVID or they're dying from poverty because they can't afford to not work. Whereas we have the luxury, the luxury of having the NHS and having free treatments and not having to pay to go to primary school, secondary school and things like that. Yeah, so it's quite unfortunate. Um, but as end of businesses for our community, we do um, intend on, now that restrictions have eased a little bit more, to do a bit more gatherings and just things in general and to raise money for to help our local community, inshallah. And all of us are based in Northwest London, aren't we, Paula? Not right now, because follow the market. Yeah, we're mostly actually based in Northwest London. Lima is moving soon, obviously. She got married. She did move. Oh, yeah, that's true. She did move. She's oh, moving yeah, she again. No, but that still counts as Northwest London. The, yeah, yeah the area is still Northwest London. What, where we went? Is that where she lives? Like, that was North London, like the wedding. Okay, North London, but semi, she's a half Northwest. <laughs> she's a North. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know if she's living there, though. I think she's not at the moment. She said at one point, she said Peckham, but I don't know if that's true anymore. Yeah. We have no but idea where our friends are currently living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a bit. for all we know. Absolutely. No, it's because they've been moving around a lot. But Zay, um, she's, she's in... Yeah, everyone else is in... That's north. west, though. That, yeah, north, northwest, no, kind of west. That's, that's, that's still northwest. That's still northwest. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of uh, wedding, speak- wedding season just passed. Well, I think it's probably ongoing, but it just passed for us. I think the end of the summer, so when the academic year starts, is when weddings ease down, and then you have a couple more in December holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's when like venues start to advertise and people do their bookings etc um what would you think Hola? would you have a small wedding or a big wedding oh my god i've already said I, think this. That, sorry, I, I don't want there's there's absolutely tiny weddings which is literally just yeah. in, the, in the masjid and then there's yeah. small wedding and then there's a big wedding and then the extravagant wedding i think would, like, would you yeah. say that zay and lima's weddings were small weddings um, I think it was big. I do. Th- I don't think it was extra. Yeah. I think it was big, big based on the number of guests. But obviously, both of them, mm. them and their in-laws have quite big families, so they had to have a lot of guests. But I think that's the only thing that made it big in its not so much yeah. the extravagance because there was just it was a really nice hall and nice food. It wasn't. Ext- I wouldn't say either were extravagant, but I'd say both were like. I'd, I'd just say I'd say it was a large gathering of people. That's where I would like. But I wouldn't say it like they spent a ton of money on no. stuff. Because I know from Instagram, because it is wedding season, you see weddings everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. People go all out for their weddings, you know? It, and, yeah, it's mad. Like, I get so surprised by... Well, I mean, in my community, which is the South Asian community, there's a lot of events. And the practicing community from the South Asian community don't really do those events anymore. It's just usually the nikah mm. and then like uh, the walima or the reception and then you sort of just move on with your lives. But the rest of the community, they, and I can see it, it's just like they'll have a nikah and they'll have a whole dress. And if you don't know anything about South Asian dresses, like Indian, Pakistani, Bengali dresses. Heavy, massive. expensive, okay? But they are so mm. expensive. So when I see sisters like they have the nikah, oh no, sorry, it starts with engagement. They have a dress for that, a haul for that. A whole party for that, and they pay for makeup and henna for that makeup, too. Hair, henna, guests, food, catering, and then it's the engagement. Then it's the nikah party. Then they do bridal showers as well. Remember, amongst friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bridal showers, henna parties. Yeah. <laughs> then it's the actual, like big mendy mendy mini henna party that South Asians do. Then it's the like the main one that we call the barat, which is basically just like another event. And then it's the Walima. And then imagine mm. every, each of these events, we have a different dress, different jewellery, different shoes, different hair, different makeup, different catering. That's flip, that is a waste of flipping money, man. Like, 
that's a waste if I've ever seen one. That's israf at the like that is at the max. That's think, crazy. I mean, obviously, it's people's money. They can do whatever they want with it, and or maybe our version of extravagance to someone is their norm because they can. Yeah, but Islamically, you're not meant to waste that much money on something so silly and insignificant. So I think that's still an issue, regardless how rich you are. I don't know. I mean, if it, like for example, for me, you know, spending. Two thousand pounds on a dress is absolutely insane. I would never do two thousand yeah. pounds on a dress. But I mean, I earn a teacher salary. So someone who is incredibly rich or comes from an extremely rich background or is, I don't know, like they say a millionaire, for them two thousand pounds is absolutely and in their eyes it's it's not a waste of money. It's like that's their uh, that's their average spending, that's how much they would usually spend on a dress. I don't mm. know. Yeah, I don't know, but you would never know until you earn that that much, and then you it puts it into perspective. But we're just speaking out. Of yeah. You and you asked me if I would have a small wedding. Um, fingers, yeah, I can't. I don't even want a wedding. I just feel like it's so much hassle, and even the weddings that Lima's and Zay's, like, even like I don't know, it's so much stress. Not even like not much went wrong, but whatever did go wrong was still too much hassle for me like I don't want to go through that bride sister at Zay's in it so yeah. I was more stressed out with that what did you enjoy more <laughs> or do you not want to say no I enjoyed both but both because I was a makeup artist for both I felt the stress of both equally the same yeah so, exactly. and my mum was doing hair for both of those as well yeah so, so like, literally, and their mum was doing Zay and Paula's mum were doing was doing the hair for both brides um at different events by the way it's not the same event obviously yeah and i was doing the makeup and because we had no time literally we were running out of time and i was literally on the floor trying to do lima's makeup whilst your mom was behind her trying to do her hair and while someone else was trying to fight people at the door it's like, oh, i was putting her jewelry on the catering staff trying to come and we put we put like little children to be security guards at the doors to try and prevent them from coming in mm. and zay just running around in the whole hall stressing about the speakers um literally so things like that make it stressful. But like you said, it's part of the fun as well. Like you remember it. Honestly, yeah. It was so much fun. I think if it worked, if it went smoothly and perfectly, it would just be like another social event. Yeah. But like the fact that so many like things happened, it like made it so much fun. After you and Ats left, um, there was like one guy, and I, I have no idea, like he wasn't a Muslim man. I think he was just like there from the venue. He literally walked into the hall and just stood there with his hand on his hips and just like watched the women. And we were so confused and shook. Like I just ran towards the toilets and we were just like, why is there a random man coming in? And then a lady had to go and shout at him and tell him to go away. But that was, it was so weird, like how men kept like coming in. No, even in the beginning, remember, even before you arrived, because me and Ads got there first and Zay, um, even though it's a female gathering, because the men had already done their part, which means at least the staff should have known, okay, there's a lot of women here in hijab. Surely we should not be standing here, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it was um, the people, f- yeah, exactly. The catering staff from the venue, I think they seemed to me that to be also Muslim. Because you guys left, we stayed later. And when they were packing up, they were all in qamis, like sobs and stuff. And I'm like, surely you know to stop looking into the hall once women start arriving. But man, they were preying everyone, man. That was so confused. Yeah, I think that's the issue that comes with big, um, bigger weddings. Um, mm. I would be in agreement about small weddings. Um, I yeah. think just save them. I want to do um, a girl's sleepover, just literally, and sleepover with everyone. That's the one I would go out on with just my, just my girlfriends and me and just like a, like a bridal party or something. Yeah, that would be so good. But yeah, a wedding is stress, especially yeah, in our culture. It's not it's not mixed, alhamdulillah. But at the end, the the bride will come in. Like all the family will leave, and the bride, the sorry, the groom has to come in for like photos and stuff. And I literally can't imagine doing that. Like how awkward. Yeah, that is. Awkward. It's just the the weirdest thing. I don't know. I mean, and, oh, oh my god, I can't even think about it. It's so good. And then, even without the groom, yeah, the fact that you have to be in pictures. Ew. Yeah. You don't like taking pictures? 
No, I hate photos. And I hate like, yeah, I hate being the center of attention where people can see me. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's just a weird, icky feeling. And then they have to do your hair. You have to do your makeup. You have to look like you made an effort. And then just have to be in pictures. Oh no. That's what gives That's me like anxiety about being the center of attention. You know when they bring everyone's no, I cannot do that. I'm sorry. Honestly. You know what? Zay and Lima, they did really well. They cooked really really, really yeah, well. They and so they're naturally Yeah, they they were naturally good at it. And I thought because mm-hmm. I know for Lima was nervous. I know for a fact Zay was nervous. But when they were actually like walking into the hall and stuff. They like they did really really well like non verdict they they looked like they were naturals at it. <gasps> what? Today's Sunday. I'm supposed to be on my lesson right now. <gasps> Does it start at eight? And they do the register. Yeah. Wait, Osad is gonna know I'm not there. We're keeping this in. <laughs> my lack of attendance. No, guys, I attend all my lessons. I promise. It's just, I literally just forgot that it's both Saturday and Sunday and today I forgot that it's Sunday. You know, when you're on holiday, when you're, when you're working in like the education field, you, when it's holidays, you forget about weekends and weekdays. They just become a blur. So today mm. I went to Asda all yeah. hyped up at 6 p.m. just to realize it closes at five. Um, and now I have a lesson that I need to join. I'm sorry. Hold on, we're going to have to cut this short. I mean, we're, we've been here for more than an hour. Yeah, we spoke about a lot of things, to be honest. I guess I will um, wrap up, inshallah. But yeah, inshallah, you guys enjoyed the episode. We just waffled for Random. over an hour. I think it's been over an hour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, inshallah, you guys enjoyed it. If you guys like this type of episode, I mean... Do let us know. If you have ideas for future episodes. And yeah. If you would like us to um, invite a particular type of speaker with us on our podcast or discuss particular topics, then mm-hmm. do let us know on our Instagram or WhatsApp group, inshallah. Also, if you want to sponsor us, we have no problem. Slide into our DMs, sis. <laughs> and we'll take and sponsors any day. Uh, honestly, alhamdulillah, we're very fortunate as a podcast that from the very first episode we had a sponsor that yeah. we weren't even expecting. But alhamdulillah. And yeah, I think that's about it. We'll wrap up. Maghrib went off in Morocco. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Assalamu alaikum.